<clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to um, another Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Uh, here we are, uh, almost Erev Parashat Naso. Here in Chutz Laaretz this week, we are reading Parashat Naso. Uh, in Eretz Israel, they're actually reading Parashat Behalotecha. That's because we uh, we had two days of Shavuot, and the second day fell on Shabbat, while they only had one day. So therefore, their last Shabbat they read Naso. For us, we're reading Naso this week, and they're one week ahead. We'll catch up for Chukat Balak in a few weeks' time. Um, this week's shiur is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Jack and Biba Ben Kesus, in memory of his mother Simcha Batreina, Tina Shatra Bitzora Haim, and Neshamat should have an aliyah with the words of Torah that we speak today. She should reach ultimate heights in Gan Eden. Bezat Hashem, Amen. Kenyiratzon. I want to focus on one of the mitzvot in this week's perasha, the mitzvah of Nazir. Now, you mentioned this mitzvah of Nazir, and a lot of people are just, okay, some aren't even aware what it is uh, whatsoever. But in, uh, in general terms, a Nazir is an individual who um, declares himself holy for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and through that, he uh, kind of makes a neder, uh, a vow to abstain from wine, uh, for 30 days, and uh, he lets his hair grow out, and only after 30 days he can get a haircut, and um, as well he has to refrain from becoming impure. Tameh. These are, in general, these are the laws of a Nazir. We don't find people that take upon uh, themselves this, this mitzvah nowadays, and the reason is because after the term of Nazirut ends, the Torah commands this individual to bring a korban asham, he has to bring a korban to the Bet HaMikdash, or the Mishkan. And uh, Chachamim differ as to what's the reason why he has to bring the korban, but he has to bring a korban. Nowadays, again, many people we don't have, uh, take upon themselves this mitzvah, but this is something I want to focus on, because it seems a very odd mitzvah. Why would someone take upon themselves this thing? Why can't I just, if I want to become closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then I'll just say, I want to become closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I can do a whole bunch of other mitzvot, I can study Torah all day. I could limit my uh, my materialistic enjoyment and pleasure. That's There's many ways to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What is the deeper meaning of this mitzvah? So I found a beautiful insight that I want to share with you uh, this evening. And I guarantee you that you're going to enjoy it. And you're never going to look at the mitzvah of Nazir again. But before I do that, I need to give you an introduction as to one story in Tanakh. It's actually a series of stories that is found in Sefer Shemuel Bet. And I'm going to go through it quite briefly. Many of you have already known the story, but if you if you don't, it's uh, it's a good story to uh, be acquainted with. The story begins with David and Bathsheba. You may have heard, everyone's heard of David Amelech. Bathsheba was this woman who uh, David Amelech uh, caught his eye with. And um, to make a long story short, he took Bathsheba in and um, was with her. He lay with her. And uh, it was in the it was in the wrong time. He shouldn't have done so, as we're going to explain soon. But Sheva conceived a child, and that child ended up dying from that conception. And uh, Natan Hanavi, Natan, who was the who was the prophet at the time, came and chastised and rebuked David Amelech, and in essence told David that a whole list of punishments that he was going to uh, to endure as a result of this union with Bathsheba. And one of the punishments among many that David had to suffer with was a child 
who was going to rebel against him, who was going to attempt to overthrow him. This came upon a few years later when uh, his son, Avshalom, staged a rebellion against David HaMelech. Uh, there was a story that took place before that with one of David's uh, uh, daughters, Tamar, who was, the, uh, who was the brother of Avshalom. She was violated by her half-brother. Avshalom took revenge and killed his half-brother. And Avshalom then eventually rebelled against David HaMelech once he attained the following. Unfortunately for David, this rebellion did not go too far. It actually spread quite, uh, you know, quite large, but Avshalom was not successful in taking over David and eventually was killed. And uh, David HaMelech, at the moment uh, Avshalom passed away or was killed in, in the battle, he cried for his son. This is, in a nutshell, quite a few perakim, almost 10 perakim in Sefer Shemuel. I encourage everyone to spend time to learn these stories. They are unbelievable stories with so much insight. But this little tidbit of an introduction is going to help us understand what in the world, as I titled, titled this year, what in the world is going on with this mitzvah of Nazir. To begin we be, uh, with a story in Masechet Nedarim Daftet Amud Aleph, a story about a unique individual who took upon himself a vow to become a Nazir. And I'm going to read for you the Gemara. Tanya was taught in a Beraita. Amar Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik was one of the first of the Tanaim. He said, He says, In my, all my life, I never partook, I never ate from the Asham, the Korban of the, of the Nazir, that the Nazir brought, as I mentioned in the beginning, in my whole life. Except for one exception. There was one exception where I did. Once upon a time there was this Nazir who came from the south. And I looked at him and he was beautiful. He was a very handsome man. And he had long flowing hair, you know, flowing from him, like a Nazir has. I told him, Beni, why are, you, why are you wanting to cut your hair? It seemed that this man was ready to cut his hair. He goes, why, why are you doing so? Why do you want to cut your hair for? Amar li, this man told Shimon HaTzadik, I am a shepherd for my father in the city that we live. And I went one day to go and draw water from the, from the well, from the spring. And I saw, and I glanced down, and I saw my reflection. And my Yetzirara came so strong over me, and wanted to remove me from the world. I said to the Yetzirara, which means the man said to himself, Rasha, you wicked man, why are you becoming arrogant in this world? Why are you thinking so highly of yourself in this world that doesn't belong to you? Eventually you're going to turn into a worm. Right away I came and I wanted to cut and I'm cutting my hair. Shimon HaTzadik tells this man after he tells him the story. My son, There shall be many Nazirs like you. I wish all the Nazirim should be like you. 
About you, the Pasuk tells us, quoting in this week's Perasha, Ish ki afli lindor neder nazir lazir Hashem. A man who is taking upon himself the nazirut for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's a nazir for Hashem. And, and Shimon HaTzadik stood up and kissed this man. Unbelievable story. So what's happening here? So Rashi explains that this man, the Yetzirah that took him was a Yetzirah of immorality. And that's what the man had felt. He felt a Yetzirah of immorality. But the Maharsha, and that's the, the Perush that we're going to explain today. The Maharsha argues with Rashi. And he says that it wasn't the Yetzirah of immorality. It was a Yetzirah of arrogance. It was a Yetzirah of haughtiness, of, of Ga'ava that the Nazir had felt. And he explains that when the Gemara gives us the detail that the man came from the south. Where does the man come from the south? Why have to tell me where the man comes from? It's informing us that the man was actually quite intelligent. He was a smart man. Because south is a euphemism for Chochmah. The Gemara Masechet Ba'abatra says that if a person wants to attain knowledge, then Yadrim, he should face south in his Amidah. You know, instead of facing directly east or towards Yerushalayim, just tilt yourself south a little bit. And then, South represents the menorah. The menorah in the, in the Kodesh was, was in the south. So south represents Torah, represents wisdom. If you want to be smart, pray towards the south. So when the man saw in the fountain, he saw that he was physically attractive. The Gemara is alluding to the fact that the Yetzirah tried to convince him that a person that possesses both wisdom and an attractive appearance should not be a lowly shepherd to his father. This is what the Yetzirah was trying to tell him. The words, the Yetzirah coming upon him to remove him from the world, that's what the man claimed to Shimon HaTzadik, this Yetzirah is coming to remove him from the world, is a hint that it was trying to tell him, you should not be working for your father, because someone who works for his father is reward, rewarded with longevity. And here he was being coerced, he was being forced not to listen to his father, which will result in a shortcoming of years. And that's why he felt that the Yetzirah was trying to remove him from the world. But then the Maharsha says a statement that is so cryptic that we really need to understand what he, what he, was, trying, what he was talking about. The Maharsha adds, in addition to this, what the Yetzirah was, he says that this is part of the story of Avshalom. Avshalom, David HaMelech's son, who I mentioned at the beginning, that was rebelling against his father, who had beautiful hair and rebelled against his father. What is, the, uh, what is Mamar Shah trying to s- state with this story? What does he mean? It's difficult to understand because from the simple reading of the Gemara, it appears that all this man was trying to do is cut off his hair and rid himself of the Yetzirah. Okay, that's, that makes sense. But nothing is mentioned whatsoever about the idea of a Yetzirah trying to force him into sinning against his father. So what's Mamar Shah trying to say? Where does he get this notion that the Nazir had any intentions against sitting against his father. Um, and additionally, we could ask, where do we see anything in this story about Avshalom? Where is Avshalom mentioned over here? So let's take a trip down uh, uh, the, into the mystical world of what we like to call Gilgulim, or Gilgulei Neshamot, or the reincarnations. Uh, one of the great Mekubalim, the Ramah Mipano learned from the Pasuk and he wanted to say 
that the Nazir in this story with Shimon HaTzadik from this Gemara, the one that saw his reflection in the water, is actually a reincarnation, a Gilgul, of Avshalom ben David. Avshalom, the son of David. The Gemara in Masechet Nazir, Daf Dalit, states that Avshalom was a Nazir Olam. He was an eternal Nazir. What differs? What differentiates a Nazir Olam from a regular Nazir? Simple. This type of Nazir, a Nazir Olam, can cut his hair once every year. He doesn't have to do it every 30 days. He can do it once every year. The Gemara Masechet Sotah teaches us that Avshalom was impressed with his hair and that his hair was the root of the cause of the rebellion against, against his father. That the, the, the Gemara says, Avshalom marad. He rebelled because of his hair. Quoting the Pasuk, that Avshalom had hair that weighed, it weighed like 20, uh, 200 talents of silver. A, a huge weight. It was something that was extremely attractive. So the Ramami Pano adds, specifically, that the Nazir from the south, this Nazir in this story, was a Gilgul of Avshalom. But not only was he a Gilgul of Avshalom, look what else he says. Avshalom himself had the hair of Adam Harishon. Okay, that's a very also a very cryptic statement. What does it mean he had the hair of Adam Harishon? Well, let me explain. The fear that gripped this Nazir in the story of Shimon HaTzadik was a result that of a fear that he would fail again, as he did in his previous Gilgul of Avshalom. Avshalom failed. He failed against his father. So he sensed that the Yetzer Hara that he had inside of him was trying to make him fail one more time. And the method of guarding himself, of Nezirut, was, was, was sorry, Nezirut was his method to guard himself of the Yetzer Hara. Now let's go back to that statement of the Ramami Panum, that Avshalom had the hair of, the, of Adam Arishon. He didn't make this up. In fact, this is also a Gemara in Masechet Sotah. The Gemara says, Tanur Rabbanan, there were five people that were created with an aspect similar to, to the one above. And when we say the one above, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Atzmo, created Adam Arishon. So that's why we're saying here that these five individuals possessed one quality of Adam Arishon. And each one of these five people that had that quality, quality, it brought them down. They were stricken by it. And they're going to not list Shimshon. Shimshon was one of the Shoftim, and his strength brought him down. Shaul and his Tzavaro, his neck, he was very tall. From his neck up, no one's like Shaul, that brought him down. Avshalom is the third one that it lists. Besearo with his hair. Tzidkiyah be'enav, Tzidkiyah with his eyes. And Asa be'raglav. Asa with, King Asa was with, with, his, with his legs. So, the, the, these five people were created with an aspect similar to the one above, and they were all punished for the, with those characteristics. The original failure of Avshalom was caused through his hair. To understand this Gamara, we have to look in the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, which seems to say exactly as this Gemara, but the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer adds on the words that were created similar to Adam Harishon. 
these words of the Gemara are in unison with the Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, for Adam Arishon before the sin was perfect. He was similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu created him, every one of these five people had a quality that they received from Adam Arishon, who was on the highest level of spirituality before he ate from the tree, obviously. Now, with all these introductions, now we can start to understand and put pieces together with the Maharsha. The Maharsha was the one who alluded to the concept brought by the Ramami Panum. Shimon HaTzadik in that story recognized the greatness of that, of that Nazir. He was a very intellectual man. He came from the South. He, must, he was very smart. So the first thing he did was that he asked the Nazir, why do you want to cut your beautiful hair? You, are, you seem to be a Tamil Chacham. You're very smart. You're getting close. The Nazir answered that he sensed in, its, in himself that he was the reincarnation, the Gilgul of Absalom, and that he was being led astray by the Yetzir Arab to rebel against his father, just like Absalom had done with his father, David HaMelech. The wording in the Gemara is that the man looked in the Ma'ayan and he saw Bevo'asheli. Bevo'asheli we translate it as reflection. But Bevo'asheli can also be used as the reincarnation, the Gilu. I saw my coming. I saw what was coming to me. So what the Gemara was quoting the Nazir saying is, when I went to the Nazir, when I went to the water and I saw my reflection, it actually means that when he noticed his hair, he saw the beauty of his hair and the complexion and the beauty of his face. It, it meant that he realized that it was from Adam Arishon, since he was a Gilgu from Avshalom who had the hair of Adam Arishon. So the Nazir now recognized how the Yetzirah was coming to him and trying to remove him from this world and have him fail again and rebel against his father, just like Avshalom did to his father. So therefore, he vowed to become a Nazir, and because his intentions were so pure, Shimon HaTzadik stood up and kissed him and says, May all the Nazirim be, be like you. This is great, but we still need to figure out the Avshalom story and see how it connects. Shimon HaTzadik stands up and he kisses this man on the head and he says, Let all the Nazirim be like you. And like the Pasuk says, Ish ki afli neder Let's look at what the, uh, the Shlaha Kadosh writes on the concept of Nezirut. The Shlaha Kadosh, in short, he says, Why does the Nazir have to refrain from drinking wine? Why do I care? Let him maybe just let his hair grow. Why, what's, this story, what's the issue with him refraining from drinking wine? So he explains that the concept of the Nazir refraining from drinking wine is based on the teaching that the fruit of the etzadat, the tree of knowledge, that Adam Arishon ate from was yain, was graped. And through the sin of eating from the tree, Adam brought death to the world. So the Nazir is trying to purify himself, to be cleansed from that sin, and his first step is to avoid wine. That's the first step. He also has to refrain from being tame, becoming Tameh from a, from a dead body. The Nazir also, in addition, has a crown of holiness on his head. It's similar, the Chachamim tell us, to the holiness of a Kohen. He has an internal holiness. 
So with, with this, what the Shalah Kadosh says, we can now go back to the story of Avshalom. Avshalom took upon himself the neder of, of Nazir, Nazir Olam, an eternal Nazir, because he understood that the roots of his hair were from Adam Arishon, and he wanted to make them holy. He was going to make his hair into a crown. Kinezer Elohav al Rosho. He had failed. And not only were they not a crown, his hair, but he actually ruined them when he became arrogant, when he became haughty. Shimon HaTzadik recognized the greatness of the Nazir before him. A man who came from the south who had great wisdom, who was a Gilgul of Avshalom, whose hair stemmed from Adam Arishon, and he was trying to win the fight that began thousands of years before in Gan Eden. So he said to the Nazir, Shimon HaTzadik said to that man, Beni, my son, Kamocha Yirbu Nozrei Nezirut Israel. There should be many Nezirim like you, and, uh, and like you the Pasuk says, Ishki Afli Lindor Neder, Nazir Lazir Lashem. There was one aspect of the story in the introduction that I forgot to tell you. I take that back. I didn't forget to tell you. I purposely forgot to tell you. Now, the story with Avshalom and David HaMelech. I told you that Avshalom rebelled against his father and eventually died in his rebellion. What I didn't tell you was how Avshalom died. I didn't tell you how he died, and I was purposely saving it for now. In Perek Yud Chet of Shmuel Bet, the story of how Avshalom rebelled against his father. He was riding his horse, or whatever he was riding, in the battle. He was actually fleeing. They were losing the battle, and he was running away. And the Navi tells us, unbelievably, that his hair became entangled in a branch. And the animal that he was riding on continued. Avshalom was left hanging on the branch with his hair. Imagine how painful that is. Until Yoav, Yoav was David's general, found him and killed him. This is the story on how Avshalom uh, died. The Gemaran Masechet Sotah tells us that after the death of Avshalom, David Amelech was informed and he cried and he called him Beni, my son, eight times. Why eight times? The Gemara says seven times to take him out of the seven levels of Geinam. There are seven levels of hell. Each one he had to pull him higher and higher. Why the eighth time? The Gemara brings two opinions. One opinion is to reattach the body to his head. When you have beheaded him and killed him with the sword, the head flew such a distance, it was embarrassing. So David, when he said the word Beni the eighth time, miraculously the head came and reattached itself to the body. That's the first opinion. The second opinion is that when David said Beni the eighth time, it was he brought him into Olam Haba. He was able to enter into heaven in Gan Eden. My question is, how could the grave crimes committed by Avshalom be appeased by his father uttering the word Beni, my son, and he's crying and he's crying. Avshalom tried to murder his dad. He rebelled against the Jewish people, Melech Israel. How could a simple cry erase that? 
How can David Melech just cry, recite Beni, boom, boom, and Avshalom is out of Geinam and into Gan Eden? So with this, we connect David Melech all the way back to Adam Arishon. The Midrash in Bamidbar teaches us that Adam Arishon gave 70 years of his life to David Melech. He was looking through the book of life and he saw that this great individual David had no years to him. Adam Arishon was supposed to live 1,000 years, but in the end, he only lived 930. 70 years he gave to David. The Arizal writes that the Gemaran Sukkah says that David never slept more than a minimum because he didn't want to taste death. Because David's entire life was to rectify the sin of Adam Arishon. Since I borrowed 70 years from Adam Arishon, and Adam Arishon was the one that brought death to the world, David felt it was his obligation to rectify that sin. And therefore, when the Gemara says that David Melech never slept more than Kimlonima, even a little, just a few, a few breaths, it's because he didn't want to taste death. And that was to rectify the sin of Adam Arishon, which caused death to descend upon mankind. David Amelech was the Gilgul of Adam Arishon. He came to rectify that where what Adam Arishon sinned. One of the amazing Perushim brought down in, in countless Sefarim explain that the uh, explain a Gemaran Masechet Sanhedrin. The Gemara says, Tana Debei Rabbi Ishmael. It was said in the yeshiva of Rabbi Ishmael. Reuya haita le David Batsheva Bat Eliam. David Amelech was meant for Batsheva. She was, she was supposed to be for him. However, Ela Shachlapaga. But his timing was too early. What does it mean his timing was too early? The Chachamim explained from the Lashon of the Gemara that the marriage of David and Bathsheba was not an ordinary match. It was really the reincarnation of their own previous marriage. David Amelech being reincarnated from Adam Arishon, borrowing the 70 years from Adam, and Bathsheba being the reincarnation of Haba. And they were meant to come again at a certain time to rectify the entire situation. And there's a reason why that union of David and Bathsheba produced Shalomo Amelech, who built the first Bet HaMikdash. I told you that the, she conceived a son that died. That was not Shalomo, obviously. They conceived later on Shalomo Amelech. The Shlomo HaMelech built the first Bet HaMikdash and he could have completely wiped out the effects of the sin of Adam Arishon, Adam and Chabab. It was destined for perfection. It was destined for greatness. But because the timing was slightly off, they could not bring forth the complete forgiveness needed in to bring in the final everlasting Bet HaMikdash. And the punishment for that marriage that took place just a little bit too early, Natana Navi came and warned him, Behold, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring upon you a bad uprising from within your house. And that uprising was Avshalom, who was born and had the hair, like we said, of Adam Arishon. So let's see this. Let's see if we can put this all together. David HaMelech was the reincarnation. He was the Gilgul of Adam Arishon. He produced a child, Absalom, who also received his hair from Adam Arishon. Why was this so? Because this was done in order for Absalom to help David attain forgiveness for the sin of the Etzadat. He was a Nazir for the sin of the Etzadat, which was of wine. Since David took Bathsheba, who was the Gilgul of Habab, before the proper time, and Avshalom, who had the opportunity but failed to rectify Adam Arishon's sin due to his own arrogance caused by his hair, they were both led to suffer together. Avshalom died in his rebellion. David Amelech, after that point, well, even from the time of Bathsheba, lived pretty much a very sad and sorrowful, sorrowful life. And they were not able to, to build the Bet HaMikdash, to have the Bet HaMikdash the, be the eternal Bet HaMikdash. So the punishment of of having a child of Absalom who rebelled against his father was fitting. David was greatly pained over Absalom who died being hung from a tree from his hair. And we shall see together in their pain David and Absalom brought the proper forgiveness together. Although HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that Absalom was the punishment for David, we still need to understand how Absalom himself had failed. What was his thought process to rebel against his father? So the Shla Kadosh explains in the name of the Rekanati that the hair, where does the hair gain its strength? Well, it's easy. It gains its strength from the brain. It makes sense because the follicles are directly above the, the brain. Absalom felt that since David sinned when he took Bathsheba, only a few moments too early, Avshalom felt that David HaMelech failed in his mission to attain the proper forgiveness for Adam HaRishon and his sin. And therefore, my father David was not qualified to be king. That's what Avshalom thought. He felt now, my father's not fit to be king, but I still have the hair of Adam HaRishon. And therefore, it's up to me to continue this great mission. And therefore, he himself, I'm going to, cra to crown the crown of Nezirut on my head. I'm, going, I'm a Nazir, and this hair is going to act like a crown. Ki Nezer al-Roshom. The crown of kingship in order to finish the job that my father David failed to do. And as David was crying bitterly for his son, he was forgiven for the sin of Bathsheba. At the moment that Absalom was hanging from the tree, he came to realize that he was unable to complete that mission with his hair. And the manner of his death showed him how his hair was still intertwined with what? With the tree. Which tree? The Etzadat. That's why 
He had to be caught by the tree. His rebellion was supposed to help his father David be forgiven. Uh, David be forgiven because it was David's responsibility to rectify the sin of Adam Arishon with the Etzadat. Absalom was not meant to complete the mission. He had to help his father complete the mission, but his rebellion, it got to his head. He became arrogant. He became haughty from the brain. And now he was caught in the tree as a sign says, you missed the point. The Gemara Masechet Sota also tells us that Absalom did not cut his hair and free himself from the tree when he took the sword to do so. Why? Because he saw Gehinam open before him. Otherwise, you have to ask yourself the question. Avshalom is hanging by a tree. He has a sword in his girdle. Take out the sword. Cut off the hair and run away. Save your life. What are you doing hanging there by the tree? The, the, the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer answers this question and he writes, Avshalom was a, a tremendous, fierce warrior. And he had a sword along his loins. Why didn't Avshalom take this sword, cut off his hair and run away? Wouldn't that make sense? Save your life. Ela says the Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, He saw that Geinam opened below him. Amar, so he said, I'd rather hang here with my hair and die and accept my punishment than fall in the Geinam. I may escape, but eventually I'm heading to Geinam. Therefore, he remained there until he was killed. Where can we find anyone except maybe the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, who dares put into world, words what was Absalom thinking at that time that he was hanging from the branch from the tree. He's holding a sword. The only thing he has between his escape and certain death was simply to cut his hair off. Still, he didn't do it because Geinam loomed before him. In spiritual terms, he was hanging between heaven and earth with his hair. He had a choice to accept the, the judgment from Shamaim and gain eternal life or cut his hair and save his physical life. He gained the eternal life. He was willing to accept the punishment. When he recognized his connection between the hair that was on his head and the tree at that moment that he failed in helping his father rectify that mm -hmm. sin of Adam Arishon, that's when he repented in true form. He saw the ways of the world and where he had erred and where he was now and he had a chance to fix a mistake. As we stated before, David Amelech heard his son pass away and he cried and he called him my son eight times to take him out of Geinam and bring him into Gan Eden. David felt that he was the cause of Avshalom's sin. He created the environment that led to Avshalom losing his direction because he took Bathsheba too early. If I would have taken Bathsheba at the right time, Avshalom would have been on my side. And with the hair that he had on his head, we would have created this royal crown, this eternity crown, and the Bet Amidash would have been built by Shalomor and Mashiach would have been here. David Amelech, who came from Adam Arishon, felt that the history of the sin of the Etzadat is what started this spiraling of events that led to his son's demise, including his own wrongdoing with Bacheva before the proper time. Avshalom inherited the hair of Adam Arishon, but he lost his way. But it all began with David. Every action that a father takes 
directly affects his children. So David HaMelech said, my son, he really, really felt it to imply he himself was the cause of Avshalom's sin. And therefore, he prayed to release his son from Geinam. If we go back to that opening story of Shimon HaTzadik, looking at the Nazir, pay close attention to the words. We already said that this man, this Nazir was a Gilgul of Avshalom, and he realized he didn't want to fall in the trap of the Yetzir Aram. So therefore, he had to cut his hair so that he doesn't get caught in that trap and sin again. But look what the man said. Look what the man said. He said something unbelievable. He said, I was a shepherd for my father. My job is to serve my father. If this was really Avshalom, like Achachamim says, it makes perfect sense. Avshalom's job was to be a shepherd for his father. Unite the two of them to bring Mashiach. And, but he didn't. He failed. He rebelled against him. He took the hair that was on his head, the crown that was supposed to be a crown, and led to his arrogance and then the rebellion, and he ruined the whole mission. And that's what this man saw. He says, I got to get rid of this hair. I don't want to fall into the trap of the Yetzirah. And when Shimon HaTzadik saw that one more time, he said, wow, I wish all the Nezirim can be like you, that the hair represents the Nezirah Rosho, the crown on a person's head, because that's what the ultimate purpose is, Rabotai. Yet another example of how wonderful and how mystical are the ways of our Kadosh Baruch Hu. How little we humans understand. David HaMelech says, Magadelu ma'asecha Hashem, me'od ha'mekum achshevotecha, ishba lo yedar, si lo yavin etzot. Nevertheless, we have to thrive, never tired to dig in the Torah. Who would have thought you read this parasha every year, you study the Nazir, it's a, it's a mitzvah that is so foreign to us. What does this mean? Why would a guy want to do this? Why does he have to abstain from wine? Why does he have to leave his hair grow? Why does he have to uh, 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 distance himself from Tumat Met, from the, for those who are impure, uh, the, the, impure, the deadly, the dead? What's the purpose of this? But when you understand the source of the mitzvah, what it is for, it's coming to rectify the sin of Adam Arishon who ate from the tree, which was a, a tree of wine, a tree of grapes. So therefore he abstains from grapes. He has to let... The, the the hair the hair grow to act as a crown so that can 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 bring the help bring the, the final Mashiach and not let your arrogance get to you and last but not least you have to stay away from the dead why you have to stay from the dead because the Damarishon was the one who brought death to the world so therefore as a re as a rectification for this we stay away from all sorts of tumah this is what the mitzvah stands for this is the deeper deeper significance of the mitzvah we can't just be uh, uh, we can't feel um, uh, happy and uh, and feel that it suffice just to read the Torah on the basic level. We have to dig deeper. And Baruch Hashem, I felt that this divrei Torah will help us understand uh, just a little tad more on what this mitzvah was. Who would have thought that a simple story in the Gemara, a simple story of Shimon Tzadik seeing a man who wants to cut his hair and says, listen, I was just looking down and I saw my reflection. Who would have thought that such a story, such a little tidbit had so much history? We don't know what happens. We don't know all the stories we, we, that, that, that take place. Every story in the Gemara is filled 
with secrets and sodot and so much commentary. This was just one. Bezrat Hashem, we should be zocheh to study all of our Torah this way. Not just the mitzvah of Nezirut, not just the mitzvah of Sotah. Every mitzvah that we have in Torah is filled with deeper meanings. Bezrat Hashem will be zocheh to one, once again have Nezirim come and, and, and really bring the Keter al this this crown that was meant to be, that we should merit the building of the Bet HaMidash with David HaMelech, with Shlomo HaMelech, and even with Avshalom, who is up in Shemaim now, because David pulled him out and saying, and he understood what his mission was. Unfortunately, he couldn't get it done in the right time. And Bezat Hashem, we will be Zocheh to merit seeing that Bet HaMidash with all the holy people of Am Yisrael, Amen Ken Yiratzon, wishing you all a wonderful evening. Have a great night.